So good evening, everybody. So we are beginning the first weekend here, Advent, with traditional, as we do, a reading about the end times. Jesus telling us to watch and to be prepared for his coming. And so there are really two ways that we can approach this command or this encouragement to be on guard, to be watched. One is to have fear that Jesus is going to be coming back, kicking behind and taking names, sort of like being a kid. You're waiting for your dad to come home to punish you for what you have done. The second is one of eager anticipation that Jesus is coming back, and sort of like the child waiting for Santa to come. It's one of great excitement, one of great joy, not one of fear. And so we bring this up because we could tie it back to the time of Christ. The Jews who were awaiting and watching for the coming of the Messiah, the anointed one. And they knew or they believed that the Messiah was coming, that the prophecies of Scripture had pointed to that time. And you had a number of individuals waiting and watching. Most of them waiting and watching in eager anticipation. John the Baptist, one of the great figures of Advent, with his Essene community at Qumran, we believe that they were connected. He was out there baptizing individuals, saying that the Messiah is coming. The bridegroom is coming, preparing his bride through baptism in the Jordan. But even more, if we sort of study and understand this his period in history, most, if not all, young women, Jewish young women, would have been very aware of the prophecy from Isaiah, that a virgin was going to be with child, and that child was going to be the chosen one. And at that time, every young woman desired to be the virgin who was chosen. Everyone there in Israel was there waiting in eager anticipation, but they all wanted to be that individual, like the princess or the young woman that the prince chooses to become the princess. Everyone wanted to be the virgin chosen, the one to bring forth the Messiah, including Mary. Mary would have been very, very aware of Scripture, very aware of what was going on, would have been waiting in eager anticipation and the hope that she would be picked. She would be picked, maybe never expecting that she would be the one. But then the angel comes the Annunciation and says, you have been chosen. You are the virgin that the Lord chose. And so in a certain way, she would have understand, understood what was being asked of her, understood the prophecy, but not fully, because she asked, how is this possible? For I do not know a man. And we believe through tradition that in her heart, she desired, of course, to be the chosen one, but also she had a great desire to belong totally to the Lord, to give her virginity, her total self, over to him. And so when she said, yes, be it done unto me according to thy will, it wasn't done, oh my goodness, this is so terrible. Why do I have to have this obligation? Or it wasn't done out of fear of what might come. No, her attitude was one of excitement. I've been chosen. I get to do this. Her yes would have been one of great eagerness. And I read about this earlier this week. 
And we know this not only because of what I've just explained, but also if you put it within the greater context of the actual passage to look at the Greek. Now, I'm no Greek scholar, but the phrase in Greek that they use, that Mary says, is in what's called the optative mood. In Greek, there are different moods. And that optative mood is one that expresses desire. We want something. We desire something. And so when Mary said, be it done unto me according to thy will, it was with great excitement. She desired this. She could not wait to be part of this, even though she had to say yes in faith and didn't fully understand or grasp what she was saying yes to. And so this eager excitement that Mary had at this very special call, that she was chosen for something special, is the same attitude that we ought to have in our own lives as Christians and all the different aspects. We've all been called to holiness through baptism, to follow Christ, to become saints. Our attitude should be, yes, I'm so glad that I was chosen. I'm so glad that I was baptized. I want to do this. Holiness is something that I want to pursue. What about a call to a temporary mission? Maybe to go be a missionary on a college campus, to go do a mission trip, to start a Bible study, to do something special, whatever it is. The eagerness we should look forward to saying yes to doing this. But most importantly, like Mary, if we feel that very specific call for a lifelong mission, to follow Jesus as a priest, a religious, or a consecrated, to say, I am so excited that I've been chosen. What a great honor. What a great blessing. Lord, I don't know what this will all entail. It's not all spelled out for me, but you've chosen me and I eagerly say yes. The attitude of the Christian to the call to holiness should be one that is Marian, an eager, excited, desirous yes. Instead, quite often we find the opposite, that we respond not in eagerness, but in ways that really ought not be comparable to the great gift of being chosen by the Lord. Many times, whatever a call it is, we face it with apathy, with sloth. Sort of like someone coming up to you and saying, hey, we're going to Ruth's Chris tonight for dinner. We're going to have some really nice wine, maybe a bottle of silver oak. We're going to have some wonderful steaks, medium, rare, rare. And I'm paying for it all. It's all on me. Instead, we're on the couch, drinking Diet Dr. Pepper and eating Cheetos, and we say, nah, I'm just going to stay here. That's pretty cool. I'm not really, really interested. You're a fool. You're a fool to do that. But we are so apathetic, we don't want to get off the couch to follow that call to holiness. Sometimes, actually, and I've seen this particularly with vocation calls, we respond with resentment. Sort of like when we're kids and we're outside playing in the yard, and mom comes in and says, you, got to come inside. Time to do chores. Why, mom? Why do I have to go in early and everyone else gets to stay outside and play? That's the attitude we take towards being called into holiness or to call to something greater. We just want to stay outside and play. We don't want this instead of being blessed. And third and finally, and probably the one that is most common, is fear. Fear. Somehow, if the Lord has chosen me for this and is calling me for this, he's going to want something terrible of me. He's going to play some trick on me. He's going to call me to follow him and then drop me in a pit of oil or something. 
craziness. Why would we fear the Lord calling us to something evil? And we could say, well, Father, Mary didn't have a problem with that because she was sinless. We're sinful, and so of course we are going to struggle. It's easy for her, her. but that's not the case. Because Mary, even though she was sinless, and we struggle with sin and the fallenness that comes from sin, we have something that Mary had. We both share the gift of faith. Mary had faith just like we do. And there were times of great darkness when she didn't fully understand, but her faith was ultimately positive because she believed that God would fulfill his promises to Israel and to her. That's the Magnificat. She knew that the Lord was going to provide, raise her up, just as he had done throughout the history of Israel. And why was she able to do that? Because the Lord looked at her, his servant with favor, his handmaid with favor. She didn't live in shame. She didn't have doubt. She didn't hide from her sin. She lived in the gaze of God the Father and as a result knew her identity. She knew who she was. The Father would never lead her to a place that was miserable, would never want what was bad for her. She had great confidence in God the Father and great confidence that he wanted only what was good for her. But it's easy for us because of our sinfulness, because we listen to the lies, to doubt this, to believe the lies, that God is not really our Father, that he really doesn't want what is good for us. And then if he calls us to something greater, we resort to anxiety and fear rather than eager anticipation. So what's the solution? Well, the solution would warrant me giving a lot more, but I'm going to give you one piece that I think is proper for us as we begin this period of Advent, of waiting for eagerly the coming of the Lord, that we should try to take that Marian attitude, even though we may not want to, and say, Lord, I am excited about whatever you may call me to, whether it be the simple call to holiness, whether it be something much greater, eager anticipation, practicing that on a daily basis. Lord, I'm excited to what you're going to give me today. I'm excited to what you're going to call me to. I cannot believe that I've been so blessed to be a Christian and a Catholic, to be chosen to follow you in this radical way. And just as we're often encouraged to build up that habit of gratitude and thanksgiving, knowing it's going to change our lives, let's use this Advent to build up that marrying attitude of eager anticipation of excitement that we have been chosen to follow Christ.